0: Focus, if you would, uh, turn, your, turn your book to page 78. Uh, well, 76, okay, page 76. I want to look there at the discipleship plan. John, we ready, okay? Yep. Uh, so as we look at page 76, we have finished up half of what we would call the quarter, okay? So we're about halfway there. And this uh, sort of shifts a uh, gear here And we're looking now at uh, the subtopics of our commission. Start with prayer, the message, live the message, share the message, and trust God to work. So, uh, beginning, as you can see already, uh, you, if you participated, we're reading this week from the subject matter of our commission. Now, when you see the word commission, you immediately do like I, probably, And that is, think of Matthew chapter 28, because that seems to be the given passage that we always want to read when the Lord said, Go ye therefore. And that's uh, where we'll be uh, trying to work through uh, this morning for a few minutes, okay? Those of you who might be joining us by YouTube today, thank you uh, with your Bibles at home, if you will. Turn to Matthew chapter 28, uh, verses 18 to 20. Uh, and then we'll look at a short passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. But I'll try to give you that update before we turn to it, okay? So, beginning this morning, Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20. Uh, the writer asked a question before we get started. Uh, and his question was on page 77 What's the, what's the biggest news? you've ever had to try to keep a secret. What's the biggest news you've ever had to try to keep secret? Now, uh, I do know certain people you don't talk to if you want to keep a secret. I'm sure you all figured that out as well. You've, you've got your list. Uh, but uh, we've all had to sit on some things for a while uh, that we had uh, sort of took a vow of silence to. And uh, when, when somebody tells me or comes up to me and says, Hey, I, I, I want to tell you something, but, but I'm not supposed to tell you. Immediately, I, I just say, Now, who told you that? Because I don't want to get involved. I pastored a lady in Florida. At that time, she was in her 80s, almost 90. I loved to go sit with her sometimes. She was a deep spiritual uh, thinker had taught an adult Bible school Bible study class for 40 or 50 years. Uh, but anyway, she told me about her and her deceased husband at that time. She said they had uh, went away and got married, came back home to their individual houses that night. And she told me about where they had uh, safely took their uh, marriage license at. And it was like a week or two before they told anybody they were married. And uh, that sounded like a joke to me, but poor Miss uh she stuck with that. And I'm sure sitting on that secret would have been hard. However, we're going to talk about uh, something that isn't secret today, and that's the gospel. And uh, we ought to be excited to be able to tell other people what we know about Jesus. Now, with that in mind, uh, I wrote in my notes here somewhere, That we cannot tell cannot tell people something that we've never experienced. We might can talk about it, but we can't do it uh, with emphases. So on page 78, the Bible meets life. uh, Author talks about that we we are process servers, which uh, meant we had the task of delivering the bad news of a lawsuit or an action. Now he's given you a a life story there of uh, of the husband and the wife running their business and they had the task of delivering things. Can you imagine uh, some of the things that they might have had to deliver? And said it wasn't an easy business. In fact, it could be dangerous depending on how people responded to the bad news. It was important though because until all the news was delivered. Uh, They couldn't go on with the court case. So with that in mind, uh, that's the uh, way that uh, the writer introduced the subject. God expects His followers to carry His important message to the world. Though it may be challenging and not always receive well, it's vital to provide an opportunity for others to respond to a life or death situation. And again, he emphasized what we're sharing is not bad news. We'll not even uh, maybe entertain that because we've all had to deliver some of that at some point or another. Under uh, this area there of the introduction, I wrote this, What what do those in the secular process have on them for the delivery process? In other words, if these people are going up to the door delivering some type of uh, paper or uh, something, what do they have uh, to identify them uh, with that authority usually? I, th- I put things like, well, they may have a badge. Uh, they may have a commissioning uh, slip of paper. Uh, surely they've got experience. Uh, those people, they are... Brought up, brought up for the for the task, are they not? And we're going to look at that in comparison to what Jesus has done with us and for us. Looking on page 79, Matthew 28:18, Jesus came near to, Jesus came near and said to them, "All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the holy spirit teaching them to observe everything i've commanded you and remember i'm with you always to the end of the age he begins uh, the notes there consider the word commission the prefix com means together or jointly and the mission means a specific task or a person a specific task a person or group is charged with doing. Now, my mind immediately went back to uh, we Baptists, okay? And there might be Methodists joining us, there might be Pentecostals, but I'm just talking about how we Baptists share in that co-mission, okay? We're all on mission as we go. Well, Baptists, if you familiarize yourself, uh, to the highest point, there's what we call Southern Baptists. There's about 40-something thousand of those churches across the world. But then there's also the next group, which would be Georgia Baptist, okay? And uh, some 3,500 churches or more. Uh, They're among that group. And we narrow that down to three or four local counties, and we're a part of what we call a a local association. We have commissioned together to do work uh, there in the name of Jesus Uh, and then out of that splinters other groups like North American Mission Board, uh, also the IMB, the International Mission Board. But it really boils back down to a local group of people, does it, which is called the local church. Now, the commission there that we see and read about, uh, sometimes we try to really personalize it, which is good, because I am on mission, and so are you prayerfully, But then again, I think Jesus meant it not only just in uh, uh, a case of individual or individuality, but also from a group perspective as well. So a commission then is a task we're given to do together. Now, uh, if we would think about our lifetime, some things we would unite with other people to do. Maybe it would be uh, secular uh, organizations which do great community things. You were on mission together. And we could go on and on with that, okay? Uh, as we see it, though, he said, All authority has been given. We really like that statement there uh, because he then, because he has the authority, uh, passes that on uh, to each of us. He said, Knowing what to do and knowing how to do it can be quite different. You know, I wonder if uh, sometimes in the local church that we are constantly, we're preaching or teaching, uh, and it's uh, sort of to the tune of three or four different opportunities each week, and I'm not saying that's not good, but uh, if we're not using what we know, that, that becomes a situation where uh, we, we need to understand we're not being faithful the writer said, look at the first thing Jesus told the disciples in the verses. He didn't focus on their abilities or confidence. Instead, He focused on the authority His Father had given Him. Jesus assured them He had all authority in heaven and on earth. And he, as the Father had given Him authority, He now gives uh, the disciples the authority uh, and those who would follow in the faith. On the bottom of the page here, it says, What are some obstacles to people engaging in the Great Commission? What are some obstacles to people engaging in the Great Commission? Now, that could be a vast uh, uh, open field there for us to talk. You know, we hear about the Great Commission, and sometimes I call it the great omission because uh, woe is me. Uh, however, don't feel guilty because you're not going across the... See to a foreign country because missions need to be done where we are. We're really on mission with our people, are we not? Prayerfully, uh, as we understand that. So, what could be some of the obstacles? Maybe there could be a lack of the understand a lack of understanding the process, or maybe a lack of understanding the place. Uh, like I mentioned a little bit earlier. However. Uh, not the obstacle there for others, but what keeps us from being there on mission as well. On page 80, you see that there's some little marks there in uh, the writer's material. For those of you who are listening by way of the internet today, uh, we're still looking at Matthew 28:18 to 20. And uh, he, uh, the writer gives us these three or four things. How? We do it by His authority. That's how we accomplish this. What? We're to go make disciples, which includes baptizing and teaching them to observe all that Jesus had commanded. Where? Go, go simply calls us to make disciples where we are. Who? Anyone and everyone. who uh, We are to make disciples of all nations. We need to trust in His authority and abide in His presence to fulfill the commission of making disciples. Clint and I were on the back pew a little earlier uh, after the service, and we were talking a little bit, and we were talking about different cultures uh, that are even uh, within our own state, okay? And uh, as, as we begin to communicate, some of our larger cities have more opportunities you've got the Koreans uh, you've got the Asians you've got the you've got the Middle Eastern groups and so what we see there is a the mission field what we used to think about people going there has largely came to us and uh, you can readily see uh, how that we could be making a difference among them largely our population of uh, of uh, People that have came into our state probably would be uh, Mexican, but hey, they need Jesus as well. We need to remember. I can't speak their language. However, uh, let's remember that as the missions uh, opportunities come to us that we are to be fulfilling that. Remind ourselves, go ye therefore, would be what the King James would say, and make disciples of all nations sharing the gospel with all of these folks, teaching them to observe all things. He said, he's not sending us alone. Aren't you glad you don't have to do this by yourself? He said, I'm sending someone with you. Lo, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the earth. Think about the last time you might have felt like you were alone when you were trying to share good news. uh, And think about how you would have been faithful there, uh, knowing that Jesus was alongside of you. Now Paul moves us, uh, uh, we're moving from the Gospel of John now, uh, or Matthew, we're moving to the Corinthian letter that Paul would have written. It is the second letter, uh, chapter 5, verse 16 to 19. As we read this, remember that of all people, uh, Paul knew what it was to be on mission, did he not? Paul had been on mission seemingly large, uh, largely through his entire life. It's just that a large part of his life he had been on mission against uh, the kingdom. But then when the Lord saved him, he really got uh, busy about uh, the task there of carrying the gospel. Let's look how he addresses that in 2 Corinthians 5 and 16. He says, from now on. Then we do not know anyone from a worldly perspective. Even if we have known Christ from a worldly perspective, yet now we no longer know Him in this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Everything is from God, who has reconciled us to Himself, through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world unto himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he and he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Now it goes a little deeper, does it not, from what uh, Jesus was saying and John I mean Matthew was writing. However, As it goes a little deeper, Paul's just, in some ways, using different terminology. The writer said, Have you ever noticed how excited people get about a new relationship? Uh, God wants you to know about His uh, new girl He met, or some kind of life transforming encounter is something we don't want to keep to ourselves. Used to, you know, people, first thing they wanted to show you, they would go to their wallet and show you a picture. Now they go to their phone and show you 500 pictures, you know, to the point, oh, I reckon I'm uh, showing you too much there. That's all right. What do we do? We want to share with other people what we have or who we know. And uh, nothing bad about that. Let's just always be sharing Jesus as well. Many ways to share the gospel, he said, but nothing is quite like word of mouth. Absolutely. You know, one telling another. You remember in the Gospels, the Word would remind us that uh, Andrew would go find his brother and tell him. And from that, you know, uh, the disciples, uh, they begin to grow as the Lord uh, chose them and then He commissioned them as we're looking at today. Notice, he, he, the writer talks about purchasing an item. Many of us first check the customer reviews. Well... You know, there's not a lot of customer reviews on giving away Jesus. However, good news travels as well, does it not? Some people wonder, well, what am I going to tell people? They might ask something I can't give the answer to. What do we tell them? We just tell them what Jesus did for us. Nobody could, uh, well, I shouldn't say that, but if we're living a life that is Christ-like, We should not be giving anybody a reason to doubt what we tell them about what Jesus has done for us. And the best way to do that still is word of mouth. So, as we look down the writer's notes on page 81 there, uh, he he asks a question or two there. How did you hear about Jesus Christ? Uh, Most of us because someone told us. Most? Well, I can't say most. Maybe, you know. Largely, we were all brought up in the church, right? We had an an intellectual knowledge of Jesus, or or an intellectual uh, reference point, I could call it that. We heard about Jesus maybe through parents. Could have been through siblings. Uh, You know, someone might have invited you to a meeting at the local church, and that might have been your initial way of coming to know Jesus. Uh, So whatever it might have been there, uh, we need to uh, grasp that. Thank God that someone shared that and they were on mission in so doing. Some of the reasons the writer prints here that we might not share uh, could be fear of rejection, fear of offending, and fear of not being able to share effectively. Have you got over all of those fears yet? Let me tell you something, I still have some of those fears. Now, I know where they come from. They come from the devil. Uh, he tries to sow those seeds of uh, uh, discord, sow those seeds of doubt. But yet, that could be some of the reasons now that we're not uh, obedient to the Lord when we think of our commission there. Uh, down on in the margin there, on, on in the reading, it said, Jesus... As we saw in the Great Commission, Jesus is with us. In addition, Jesus transforms us. None of you, hopefully, are the same that you were before Jesus, right? Praise the Lord. I'm not what I used to be, but I'm not totally what I'm going to be. I'm glad He's still working on me. But anyway, Jesus transforms us. The old self may feel inadequate, but your encounter with Christ means your life changes. As you grow in your relationship with Christ, He changes everything about you, your focus, your priorities, and your values. Now, is that an instantaneous process? No, not usually is it. I still remember the Bible college professor uh, who, who worked the coal mines of Kentucky. And uh, he told us that for many Uh, I don't remember if he said weeks or months, he said for uh, a time after he got saved, that he still would use that old coal mining language. And he said that would even happen sometimes uh, on the porch of the church, and he would be so ashamed. But that had been so instilled in him and ingrained in him that as he was putting that off, that old man was still trying to be dominant in his life. Many of us, we've given up something or we have made some commitments or some vows somewhere and uh, we know that the Lord is still changing us from inside out. Why is it that we always think He changes from the outside in? You know, some people try to polish up their life. Uh, They try to clean up their life. Oh, i got to get presentable. Well, Jesus wants us like we are and He'll clean us from the inside out. Uh, which is uh, something that is lasting and far-reaching. So as we look to this, from now on, he said, know ye anyone from a worldly perspective. If we have known Christ from a worldly perspective, yet know we no longer Him in this way. And he said, we become new creations. Old is passing away, the new is coming upon us. And he says there, we've been given a ministry. And it's a ministry we've all been given. It's the same ministry. It's the ministry of reconciliation. And that is God reconciling the world to Himself, not counting our trespasses against us, but committing to us the ministry of reconciliation. Anybody have any thoughts here on this? You know, the words in their uh, phrase, ministry of reconciliation, that can, that can seem like it's a, a large mouthful, can it? Well, preacher, I, I don't have a ministry. How can I do that? Well, uh, revealing, telling others about Jesus, who is the minister of reconciliation. He came to bring peace to all uh, who would respond by faith and believe. Paul goes further now in the same chapter of 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20 and 21. He says, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making His appeal through us. We plead on Christ's behalf, be ye reconciled to God. He made the One who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. He gives a sports illustration first. Sports fans can be crazy bunch of people, uh, which is why they're called fans or fanatics. As a sports fan himself, the writer said, I proudly wear my team gear as though I was a player. You know, that's always exciting to try to watch some game, whether it's basketball, baseball, uh, college football, or whatever, and you you got these, uh, not making fun of people, but you get these guys, and they paint up, and they and they dress up, and uh, you just know, man, this taken them about two days just to get into that thing, and I don't know how many days it would take them to get over it, but boy, uh, you know, to them, the only time is the season that uh, they're witnessing, whether baseball or basketball or whatever. Now, it's uh, terrible, but true, is it not? We give away our colors by what uh, we really sell out to. And when I say giving it away, I'm talking about uh, whether we're avid hunters or fishermen or uh, whatever. Uh, We try to dress to play the part. Paul said we're ambassadors for Christ. God wants us to be devoted to Him. He says there, uh, there we're ambassadors and Since God is making His appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled unto God. He says down in the left-hand margin down, he said, God wants us to be devoted, or be devoted, enthusiastic, and committed to reflect how we feel about Him. But more importantly, it's our responsibility to represent Jesus as His ambassadors. You ever met someone who was telling you about an old friend and as they were trying to communicate to you about what God had done in the life of an old friend, uh, they would say, and he got saved, and let me tell you, he got gloriously saved. And you, you think, now what's the difference in being saved and gloriously saved? And I think maybe in some of this that I'm reading today, and that is that others, uh, there might be some that just jump into it uh, totally, and they become a fanatic for Jesus, you know. And if we're not careful, we who are not quite as hot uh, with Jesus, we might begin to be offended because somebody else is. And as a result of that, we might begin to question ourselves. Well, I'm not trying to say we all need to be uh, seeing if we can jump the backs of pews, etc., but we need to be willing, though, to be able to share with others what Jesus has done. The word ambassadors, uh, the right-hand margin on page 82, the writer said ambassadors represent far more than commitment. They're authorized agents and messengers commissioned by sovereign authority to represent that authority in dealings with others as ambassadors for Christ. How many of you can name maybe some ambassadors that we uh, in the U.S. have right now? Do you know any of the ambassadors? Because to tell you, I don't watch any news. Matter of fact, I don't know if he's appointed any. But ambassadors are given an appointment to serve in a capacity to represent, in the life that I was just describing, a country to represent our country before other countries in which they're... Uh, given uh, commission over, I reckon I would call that. So that's what we are for Christ. He has commissioned us. We don't have to wear a badge to say, hey, ambassador for Jesus. But if you're saved today, that gives you the authority and the right to carry the gospel everywhere as you represent Jesus He said, "Now, as his ambassadors, we have have been entrusted with calling others to that same love and mercy. We call them to admit they are sinners, accept their need for the debt of their sin to be paid, acknowledge Jesus as the perfect sacrifice for their redemption, and ask Jesus to be their Lord and Savior." Now, that's the news that we have been commissioned to tell. So as we have been given that authority, by whom? Who gives us the authority? Jesus does. And He gives us the promise, doesn't He? He said, Lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the age. So uh, with the uh, commission and with the authority in His presence, we should be willing now to move forward telling others about Jesus. That's uh, the first thing I think we need to understand after we get saved is our commission. Some might use a word like calling, but to me, uh, the entire church is commissioned. Then we might be for more specific areas of ministry. So, our commission. Now, let me say, next week we'll be looking at uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse, verse number 1 through verse number 8. So if you're listening now by YouTube, uh, write that down somewhere, scratch it uh, on a piece of paper, study that this week. Uh, we're going to be looking at that as a prayer emphasis. Now we have been commissioned uh, according to Matthew 28 and 2 Corinthians 5, so uh, what better place to understand to start from is a position there of prayer. Uh, So that's where we'll be next Sunday, Lord willing, okay, starting with prayer. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you at the same place again on the next Lord Day. Tell others about what uh, we're doing, and we try to start at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning and try to limit that to about 30 minutes. So thank you for being a part of it with us, okay? God bless.